American dream is not dead. Listen to Neil and Jeff share their leadership experiences through a new kind of leadership podcast. This is The American Hustle. I'm leveled up. And this is my world Good morning, afternoon, evening, wherever, however you are joining us. Welcome to The American Hustle where we believe the American dream is not dead. This is a podcast about leadership, entrepreneurship, and business through your heart. I am your host, Neil Simpson of SFJ4x4.com, and I am joined with our esteemed producer uh, and jack-of-all-trades, handyman, <laughs> uh, audio technician, and uh, all-around Decent human being. Yep. So I'm Jeff Shermani. Yep. Uh, <laughs> it's been a busy weekend. Right. So, uh, you know, first of all, take a moment, like, subscribe, give us that five star rating for our show. Coming up in this episode, we're going to be talking about echo chambers. Uh, we're going to dive into that a little bit and then don't miss out on the quote of the week. Additionally, I've teased a little story before that I have brought it with me so we can talk about that as well. Okay, cool. Yeah. And uh, it, it is valuable to know that if you are joining us for one of the first times, this is relatively a sister broadcast of a uh, another podcast that has risen through the ranks of, of certainly the automotive infotainment industry and a project that uh, Jeff and I have been working on for a little over a year and a half and is uh, a highly successful podcast in, in a, the niche auto industry called I Speak Jeep. And we encourage you to you know, find us over there um, and follow along if you find any of this you know, information valuable or entertaining. But that's ultimately uh, <clears throat> what gives us the perspective, the, the inroad into the podcasting process. Um, so what, what is the American hustle folks? You know, if you are joining us, it is this conversation, right? We are having a conversation about the things, uh, of motivation, of self-improvement, of doing a little more than you did yesterday. Right. And we're combining Jeffrey and my experience and hopefully maybe in the future, some guests absolutely, and bringing some of those conversations about maybe the less talked about topics, right? The, the, the not-so-cliché leadership entrepreneurship stuff, you know, well, and talking about it. The the down-dirty, what it actually takes. Yeah, right? That sometimes it's going to suck. Yep. And how do we work through those moments, right? Versus the the kind of the, the I don't know, the, the, the polished-up version that, you know, Instagram and social media has made look you know, attractive, the get rich quick schemes, you know, that garbage. Um, but what does it actually look like to, to attain a level of success by today's Western standards? Yep. But, and a valuable thing we'll be talking about are our echo chambers, right? Both in social media and in our own personal lives. Yep. And, uh, do you, do you have a a kind of an understanding of what, uh, or share with us what an echo chamber is? So an, the Oxford Dictionary oh, defines buddy, we're it. Old, that's right. Wow, well, at least it wasn't Webster. Wow, well, I thought about that. Okay, once. no, we're going to use Oxford for this. Okay, um, it's an environment in which a person encounters only beliefs or opinions that coincide with their own, so that their existing views are reinforced and alternative ideas are not considered. Yeah, yeah, that is, and we are living 
in a in a in a, a really challenging moment in in history, I believe. And uh, ultimately, I, I typically I am a person who kind of lives with this perspective that history reasonably repeats itself. There are themes, there are interactions, and that the characters are a little different. Uh, but ultimately, kind of the massive aspects of history are ish unchanged. Yep. Uh, <clears throat> with that said, there are truly unique world-altering moments in history, right? And so we can go back through and chronicle in chronological order and go, oh, hey, this was invented and then blah changed. And then this happened and, you know, the world changed forever, right? So yep. these concepts do have massive global impacts. And I think that we are living in a moment right here and now where echo chambers are arguably at their worst. Yes. Right? So, I mean, if we go back in, in true full history, we have, you know, tribal uh, ancestry, right? Where people lived in little, you know, groups and, and whatnot. And ultimately, it was very hard to get uh, fresh outside ideas into those groups. And so one could argue in truly historical perspective that, you know, that was an echo chamber, right? You'd have a little tribe of yep. a few hundred or a few thousand or tens of thousands, you know, and then ultimately that would be of a similar mindset people. And while that would be interesting to, to, to kind of dig into, realistically, we are living in an age where we have mass communication um, among millions and billions of people. Yep. And yet, we actually are narrowing and narrowing and narrowing our, our social experience to just ideas or ideals that agree with ours. And that's uh, in, in large, many situations, in large part because of the algorithms that are in place. And I think there are uh, uh, that is absolutely a thing that there are kind of two things at work. One is uh, humans. I think that oftentimes seek comfort. Yep. Right. There, there's not a lot. Uh, you know, there's not a lot of people who are like, you know, what? I, today I'm going to wake up and I'm going to actively subject myself to dissimilar opinions from mine. Right. How many people actually wake up and have that mental perspective it's it's a bias fallacy mm, bias fallacy dig it and then i i actually just pulled it up because i wanted to talk about that for a second because the it's a mistake of reasoning as opposed to making a mistake that are factual nature oh wait wait break that unpack that a little more for me so it's it, just to repeat it mistakes of reasoning as opposed to making mistakes that are of factual nature that's what fallacy is biases are persistent and widespread psychological tendencies that can be detrimental to objectivity and rationality. Being aware of them can help us avoid their influence. Mm -hmm. So basically what that's saying is when you hear something that aligns with your views, you're more inclined to believe it. Sure. Doesn't mean it's true. Sure. But it fits your perspective, yes. so it automatically becomes fact in I think your mind. The, I think the skin on the back of my neck just, you know, just just stood, the hair on the back of my neck stood <laughs> straight up because it just nothing irritates me more in life than, than a people allowing their bias to dictate their perspective. And the, the fun thing about it is that it's a psychological thing. They don't even know they're allowing their bias uh, to dictate it. 100%. 100%. And, and uh, unfortunately, when, 
you know, when the, when people who who really exist in that regularly are then made aware of it, it feels it feels a lot like an attack. Unfortunately, accountability can oftentimes feel like an attack, right? Correct. And and you have to then go, okay, if I'm feeling attacked, uh, what is the intention there, right? Yep. And that's for a whole other conversation, you know. But ultimately, talking about that that level of bias. That is circle back to that comfort zone, right? Yep. People people want to feel comfortable in their beliefs that their experience is universally accepted, and that um, that they themselves are standing on the the correct side of history, right? Right, and I mean that is this this really fascinating human experience to say what I believe in this moment to be true is universally accepted. And therefore, somehow we take solace in that and we can sleep at night. Yep. And the unfortunate reality is that's not always the case. Yeah. That's just, just not always the case. I mean, the, one of the biggest conversations of that is the, the Flat Earth Society. <laughs> I, I feel I, like we can talk about Flat Earth and, and, and not offend too many people, correct, right? right? Correct. So, because and, it's, and those who are going to be offended, we have to, again, talk about accountability, right? <laughs> right. So. so, But the point of it is, is they, they so believe that Earth is flat that their their bias, everything they see, oh well, that's because the Earth is flat. Mm -hmm. No, it's it's not. That's because the Earth is round. <laughs> right, right, <laughs> right. And it's and and that is obviously if we got into actual uh, the term of logical fallacies. Right, right. This how we then interpret that information um, to meet our needs. Right, right. Um, and that that basically with every dead end presents an opportunity to spin that conversation back to correct reinforce our belief system correct right but <clears throat> that uh, that is a form of the echo chamber yes. right and so we have these two kind of in my opinion two simultaneous uh, streams of of thought here one is our own human inclination yes to 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 seek comfort to have that bias fallacy right yep. uh and then secondly we have what i think is valuable to our conversation about um entrepreneurship and and self-motivation and you know and kind of our western culture and how we do business is the fact that we're actually using this we are exploiting this as a society in our big tech sectors, in our consumer or capitalist-based sectors, we are exploiting the knowledge of this yes. to benefit those marketing platforms. Yep. Right? And that goes back to that conversation about algorithms that you said, right? That fact that we have the ability to mute conversations, to delete people. We don't like what they have to say. And it doesn't even get into the accountability of... Hey, you know, now we're just saying nasty things on social forums. Right. Um, that's just the fact that I don't even have to be exposed to those alternative thought processes anymore. Right. And that's dangerous. Yes. <clears throat> that is dangerous because we're actually actively manipulating that as a as a a market uh, as a marketing tool. Yeah. And and so that is where we have these these two streams of of thoughts. One is actually something that's innate to our human experience. The fact that we want to believe that everybody thinks similar to us, similarly to us. Um, and then the fact that 
you know, on a market side, hey, you know, if we can encourage everybody to, you know, believe that this activity is actually cool and we're selling this activity or this product, well, now you believe that everybody should have this product this in their household, yep. you know, and that benefits us, right? Just, I don't know, make something up, microwaves, you know? Somebody goes, everybody should have a microwave in the house. And if I'm a microwave manufacturer, then I'm going to market into the, you know, the modern household. Hey, everybody should have a microwave. Yeah. Do we need microwaves in our household? Not, not, no. not technically, you know, I'm, I'm amazed. And I, I choose this mainly it's obscure, but um, I have family who do not have microwaves. They intentionally choose not to have microwaves. They're happy to prepare their food in a more traditional fashion. And, uh, but at the same time, you walk into most households, they're going to have microwaves. Yep. <laughs> that benefits the household. It also benefits the company selling microwaves. Yes. And, and those are two, two thought processes, you know, and they converge in this echo chamber of, oh my God, you don't have a microwave? Right. But, well, why, why don't you, you know? Because now it also questions me uh, yeah. as a person who has a microwave, <laughs> you know? And then uh, it also questions that marketing that I've received. Hey, it's fast. It's convenient. It's yeah. you know, blah, blah, blah. There's a convergence of thought processes there. Yep. One of me and two of the marketing that's yep. been that I've been subjected to at this point. So how does this affect us on a, on a social platform? So on a social platform, the problem is, uh, whether it be political, whether it be religious, whatever your views are, it starts to filter because you're going to like similar views to, to what you have. Mm -hmm. And it'll start to filter out the stuff that you're not liking, that you're not commenting on. And that algorithm that I was talking about is literally narrowing your view to only what you're aligned with. Right. And the problem with that is now, if that's all you're seeing, it's way easier to believe that that's the only possible option. You're not being exposed to the alternative options. You're not understanding that there's always another side to things. Absolutely. And, Absolutely. And no matter what side you fall on, you, you got to be open to hearing all of it. Right. Let's go back a, a little bit and, un and, and unpack the fact that, I mean, I think we're, we can comfortably say we're calling out the culture of Facebook, yes. of Instagram, without question, of Snapchat, of Twitter, yep. right? Because these platforms uh, now there's also uh, growing as Be Real, and uh, I'm trying to think. Of, obviously, we could probably even say YouTube has its own culture. TikTok, they're all TikTok has a culture yeah. associated with it. Yep, and ultimately, how how does that happen, right? So. If we can kind of do some foundational building blocks, basically, you know, there's a creator out there and that developer, you know, has the best of intentions. I, I do believe that initially. Yeah. Right. And that that developer puts together a platform where their intention is to bring people together. Right. Right. And uh, many, many, many moons ago, you know, when we were a small you know, a, we would go back all the way to hunter-gatherers. We would live in our tribes. Yeah. Right? Unfortunately, if you were not, you know, uh, fit for your tribe, you would be an outcast or you would be shunned and sent out of your tribe. If you survived, you might start your own tribe. Right. As we became an agro-industrial industrial society, um, 
we started to form into our churches, our social organizations, even our fire halls, and uh, potentially our law enforcement were social organizations. Yep. As we continued to industrialize, we joined into you know fraternal organizations and social organizations. Right. These were all ways for people to connect. As we move into those larger social platforms. Now we're able to connect with people from all corners of the world, yeah. right? And, you know, it's fascinating because, uh, because you might have a really weird interest. Yeah. And now you can find other people who have a similar weird interest, and it reinforces that. Oh, yeah. Right? And, and that is, at, at its core... You know, we you might you would have had to take an, an ad out in a newspaper. Like when we were younger, like at the back of the magazines, at the right. back of the newspaper, were oftentimes these kind of really weird classifieds. Really weird classifieds, <laughs> yep. right? And of course, you were limited to the distri- distribution of that publication. Yep. Now, for you know, arguably within milliseconds, you can create a group online. You can put something out there and people can make a snap judgment whether they're going to uh, accept you into their hunter-gatherer group <clears throat> or they're going to cast you out. Right. And you can then, you know, you find yourself in your little warring parties, right? And, and that's the big challenge with uh, looking at our human experience, you know, arguably hundreds and hundreds and thousands of years ago, is that we did organize and then... Uh, that bias fallacy, we said, no, this is the way we should be. Yeah. Right? And then we fought over it. Yep. Okay? We're doing the same thing. Yeah. On these social platforms. That's exactly right. And that is so, so challenging. And yet, for some reason, people, people listening to this program even, might be engaging in that without being aware or maybe intentionally engaging in it. Right. And I'm not even sure where that, where that makes sense. Well, Do you know what I mean? And to me, one of the most dangerous things about online echo chambers at this moment is there's going to be extremists that take that message to heart and yes. they go and act upon it in a way that is not not good. Right. Whether yeah, that it's not actually relevant or... to the conversation, right? People could be, you know, it could be an extreme group. They could be sharing, uh, you know, really passionate views. Yeah. Good or bad, right? right I right. mean, it Good could be bad. about a... saving the whales. Yeah. You know, it could be a really passionate group about saving the whales. And then all of a sudden you have a person who becomes their, their own, they become uh, motivated, become a vigilante. Right. Right? Of some capacity. Correct. And now they're, you know, maybe there's a, a good, hardworking small businessman who has a fishing charter ship. And now all of a sudden they're vandalizing it. Right. You know, just because this is, uh, you know, in a close proximity to a, a pod of whales. I don't know. Right. Something crazy. Right. But but that's where people be- can, can become extreme and in they, their and, thought process. And they become powered by the fact that all the views in their echo chamber are in align with what they're thinking right. they need to do. Right. Right. And and that is so challenging. And, and, I, and I can't help but think... And we're talking a lot about the the negatives and challenges, and I think we're doing that because it's a concept that unregulated, un that's not talked about, can be very scary yeah. per se, right? Because there's a lot of potential to you know to to uh, to untapped 
extremism, um, concerns about reinforcing behaviors that are not actually socially acceptable, things like that. Yeah. There are arguably some positives to echo chambers, and I think it's going to be valuable that we do talk about that um, here in this conversation a little bit. Sure. But uh, I think that it is valuable to say that right now we are on a collision course. I believe my bias yeah. <laughs> is that we are on a collision course that without significant human intervention, that this conversation and these algorithms, this, this, you know, these biases, uh, these unregulated human emotions that force us into these little small groups of, uh, of, thought processes that may be a little obscure have led to, you know, ha have led to extremist activities just in the last few years. I agree hundred uh, percent. I'm going to be your echo chamber on this, uh, but I'm going to, I'm going to challenge you with this because I don't know the answer and I don't know what it looks like. What do you think would that, would that uh, intervention look like? How do we address How do this? we regulate and how do we address this? Right. And that is a, a great that is a great question, right? And so um, to contextualize that conversation a little bit, I, I've recently read a, a fascinating article. It was more in the tech sector. It was specifically about AI, specifically. Yeah. Um, but it was a... AI is so cool and so scary all at the same time. Yeah, I, um, I as, a, as a quick sidebar... <clears throat> And I will talk a little bit about this in correlation with the echo chamber. Uh, just this morning, I had the opportunity to beta test Bard from Google. Oh, yeah. Um, so I had signed up for one of their wait lists. And um, obviously, as a business owner, I want to see where we fit in in this conversation. And um, and so I had uh, many years ago when, when Google had released their email addresses, um, I had missed the very initial the, – the ship had started to sail before I jumped onto my Gmail stuff. Okay, right? yep. Um, and so I was a couple – a year or two late to the party of Gmail. I still was in in the early 2000s. I mean, I was a year or two late to Facebook, so I, I get it. 100%, right? Like, no doubt. I, when, it, when it came out, I'm like, ah, that's, that's – I'm, oh, I'm not doing that. I was anti-text. I right. was like, don't text me. You know what I mean? Like, uh, well, all those well, – uh, I was doing the texting with the numbers on the, uh, on the yeah, keypad yeah. trying to do that, but – well, and I, and I get that. But so at this point in time, I was like, you know what? I, I want to be in the conversation. Yeah. Right? I want to bring my what I try to be <clears throat> my my relative neutral uh, a person who is constantly asking myself what my biases are. I was trying to say, how do I get in on the AI conversation? I am a big Google fan. Um, you know, Alphabet Inc. produces a lot of very valuable tools in our in our you know in our life at this point, and I wanted to be part of the conversation, so I I did accept their invitation um, to beta test and, and yeah. had that had that experience. Anyways, circle back to the 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 article that I was reading regarding regulation and intervention, which yeah. is addressing the the question you asked to me and this article and I believe it was in Wired magazine and I, I'm not sure but I believe it was there and we could probably go back and find that but it was about how we had missed the boat as a community of humans right, right? and we organize ourselves and we call it government okay so 
but let's not get held up on the fact that we use the term government in this conversation, not in like the the political system government, but humans helping govern each other. Yeah, governing body. Right. That we had missed the opportunity with these supercomputers in our pockets. Yep. Right. So as cell phones became uh, more of an accessible technology, we missed the opportunity to create a, a valuable conversation around etiquette and expectation and legality, right? Oh, yeah. We became very retroactive. So the, con- the Well, I think I think what happened was that the technology moved so quickly. Yes. I mean, from from the early 90s to the 2010, the amount of technology changed just in that 20 years is un- unbelievable. But there was 20 years and those developers were going, "Hey guys, we're doing this stuff." Like, we're doing this, yeah. and yet it seemingly fell on deaf ears because ultimately humans were distracted by other pursuits of pleasure, right? Yeah. <laughs> Just use that as a joking sentiment, but... But it's true. Right. So these supercomputers, we, we didn't know what our etiquette was going to be. Right. Um, we, we did not regulate initially whether they could be used in a vehicle or not, in schools, in churches, um, who can listen in on them, who can access cameras and pictures and where should we be using using those cameras and pictures? Right. And we became very retroactive in how we as a community established what we were or were not okay with with these supercomputers. And we well, yeah. still arguably struggle to go, hey, you should or shouldn't be using this phone in this manner, right? Right. Likewise. Uh, to use your sentiment to say, hey, phones from the 90s to the early 2000s, social media from the 2000s to present, right. we likewise didn't have an appropriate conversation as a governing community to say, how is this going to affect youth? How is this going to affect our workplaces? Um, how, how, who's allowed to say what? What if, they, what if they bully? What if they make terroristic right, threats? Right. What if there's pre-planning of... Uh, of of you know a, a harmful experience to you know our, our everyday lives. What if there's misinformation shared, right? right? And so ultimately, we could or should have talked about that as a governing body of humans. Yeah, right. And so this article goes on to go, hey, AI is here, and it is only going to accelerate in the next five to ten years. We need to talk about it now. We need right? to set the three rules. <clears throat> three rules. iRobot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, man. You mean uh, iRobot. Com- absolutely. Right? So to summarize what you're saying, uh, the way that we address this, the way we handle this is currently we're, we're retroactive. We're not proactive about right. this. Right. We need to start having that conversation now about AI because we missed the boat on cell yes. phones. We missed the boat on technology right. that has grown in the past 20 to 30 years. Right. Now's the time we've got to start having that conversation while AI is in its youth. And obviously apply that to the echo chambers, right? Yep. We have to have those regulatory from, from again, that community governing standpoint. Yes. Right? Not, not political, but community governing. Yep. To have those conversations about the fact that these echo chambers really do exist. Correct. So, uh, and how can we use these positively or businesses? How do they affect businesses? So my thing with businesses, and I wanted to talk about that specifically, is that if you're in a corporate boardroom, we'll just talk about it like that. 
oftentimes upper management is hiring people that they see with the same views to work for them. Sure. They want to carry their own views out in, into the whole company to create that culture. What often happens is they end up surrounded in an echo chamber of the same views. Yes. And then those views may end up being the wrong ones for that company. Right. And there's no alternative perspective to help change the direction and keep it relevant. I uh, could look, agree more. Look at Sears. Yeah. Sears Roebuck. Perfect example. They were so set on those catalog sales. Yes. They just balked at the internet. Yes. They said, no, we're not doing that. No, we're not doing that. If they would have had a more diverse team of people that said, hey, wait a minute. Right. This is a wave of the future. Maybe we don't go full hog into it, but we should try something on yes. this. Do something. They didn't. What ultimately happens? Sears ends up failing. Yes. One of the most prolific uh, Western, iconic Western, you know, Western civilization businesses. Absolutely. And uh, <clears throat> and really did have lasting power up until about 15 years ago when, you know, collision course with the Internet happens, yeah. which is 100 percent to, you know, reinforce what you're saying, because they had sustained world wars. They had sustained, you know, industrialization of our of our society. They had done everything. Yep reasonably right up until that one moment you yep. know and i i think that it's one of the things that i have personally been aware of in my my own experience uh managing people but then also starting and running um you know our company sfj 4x4 is the fact that uh, if I was left to my own devices, this business simply wouldn't exist, right? Yeah. But it is the diversity of personal experience, uh, skills, talents, and resources that actually creates a healthy, uh, a healthy space for personal and professional growth. Absolutely. And that that I have to oftentimes humble myself to say, okay, how can I? Uh, you know, how can I suppress my bias mm -hmm. and my echo, my own echo chambers, right? Because even the positive ones. Yeah. And, uh, and, and listen to these experiences that our team brings in and offers up and, and how can we, you know, mesh them together right. in a way that still fits within our mission and vision of the business itself. And I think that's why what's really, really valuable. And <clears throat> if we go back to some of the cliche things that uh, startup businesses or, uh, you know, corporations or whatever, they'll, they'll focus on these mission and vision statements. Yeah. Right. And I think the value of that is once you create that concise thought process, this is how we think as yeah. an organization then underneath of it, you need to be like a duck on water, right? So we have the duck on water and it's smooth as glass and it looks good. Yep. And underneath the surface, that duck's feet are going a thousand miles a minute. Yep. That should actually be the conversations of your employees as well, right? That they are still attached to the duck. So they're not wildly off in the, in the water, you know, right, right. they are still attached to the duck, but they are diverse and they are, you know, moving quickly of many different thoughts and ideas to to support that that clear, concise imagery or vision on the on the top of the surface. Absolutely. And so 
you know, so that that does become a little bit of its own echo chamber because ultimately use us as an example. We are an automotive business. Yep. And so we are catering to an automotive market and we get our supplies from automotive distributors. Yep. And so in itself, we are our own niche market within a niche market, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but what I, what I love when looking at other people to support this business, both as as employees, but also uh, subcontractors or vendors, or you know, just general interactions with a business. I really want to have a diverse body of people because then it more authentically represents the market. Yep, as a whole, Absolutely. right? And the big market, not just our specific little automotive market. And we oftentimes talk about that with other smaller, small businesses, you know, that they're just catering to this very finite group of people. You will eventually use up that group of people and you haven't built your skills or your your reach or your, you know, the diversity of your thought process. Right. If you have ostracized a bunch of other people in the process, yep. you know, it's actually one of the things that um, when we talk about positive echo chambers, if you will. I am oftentimes seeking people who have that similar mindset of dissimilar conversations yeah, in a civil manner, right? To say... Um, and that's important, that, right there, in a civil manner. Right. There's going to be disagreements. Right. But it's the ability to sit down and discuss those disagreements and find a way to come to some kind of compromise or agreement 100%. or understanding at least. 100%. Right. And that is um, <clears throat> the way in which a echo chamber can work positively. Correct. Right. So that we actually create um, our boardroom, if you will. Right. Not the board of directors, but our boardroom, our, right. our leadership to say that, you know, you want people who have had experiences working. I mean, for yourself, working in theater and audio production. Yeah. But also in the garage, yeah. right? And as a handyman. We want people who have worked hard with their hands and learned valuable lessons and integrity of, you know, providing a quality product for the, the consumer at the end. We're being watched. We have a live audience today. Oh, <laughs> live audience. That's right. Fantastic. <laughs> so we want those things, right? But yeah. we, we want a diverse offering of people. Uh-huh. To then create our echo chamber, right? And then that then allows us to focus our conversation about our product. Yes. So we have the ability to create positive echo chambers in business and create positive reach through them. Right. So it's not all negative, but I think it's valuable, like as if we were having that conversation before about regulating and governing ourselves so that we don't have this you know, kind of this belief system that everybody thinks the way that I do. And and all of a sudden, if I start thinking that the sky is green and I start telling everybody it's green and somehow I've convinced three or four other people that the sky is green, Mm -hmm. um, despite the fact that other people are looking at it and going, no, I'm pretty sure I see that as blue. No, it's green, right? We've actually lived through that uh, as a society uh, recently, and it's where we have a whole conversation about fallacies. Yep. And and unfortunately, that is very challenging. I don't think we're out of I don't think we're out of those rough waters yet, right? I think we are still going to be dealing with 
well, I'm not sure what to believe because I'm seeing one thing, but I'm hearing another from a trusted resource. Yep. And, and that becomes uh, that level of cognitive dissonance becomes very confusing and, and, and very hard to, to say, wait a second, for 30 years, I believed that the earth was round. Yeah. And now, now it, it might be flat. And now that actually is really hard on the human psyche, yep. right? I'm like, okay, wait, the Earth isn't flat. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah. like let's not even let's not even and get into that. And we can tell you why. I mean, there's there's so much documented uh, scientific, historical, oh, yeah. so many things um, that just because you know you you read one or two things, uh, you saw something on YouTube, you have a social group on on the Book of Faces, you know that doesn't. Just because you believe it that in that moment is flat doesn't make it flat. Right. And and that is the back to it's the swing back to the, the challenge of the echo chamber. Right. So we have to focus on those positive things and have those have those dissimilar interests and have those conversations of us in a civil manner and then and then bring us back to the the center of conversation. Correct. You know? Um, and, and I think that it's, it's very challenging and, and I know there's people out there who have tried to create <clears throat> rainbows and, and unicorn echo chambers. Mm -hmm. I think there's challenges in that as well, you know, to say that everything is sunshine and rainbows and, and it's not right. It goes back to the concept of sometimes there's going to be suck in our, in our startup, in our day to day lives. And it's how we address those things. I agree. So it's, it's echo chambers are such an interesting thing. Um, Worth worth many more conversations, I'm sure. Absolutely. Uh, as we move forward, I, d I do want to talk about a story that has often motivated me throughout my career. Okay. Uh, and I've kept it with me in a laminated piece of paper. I didn't bring the laminated copy Oh, today. interesting. I but, dig it. So this story I came across early on in my career, and it just stuck. Mm -hmm. uh, so there once was a turkey who was chatting with a bull. They were both enjoying the glorious outdoors. When the turkey looked up to a nearby tree with a sigh... I wish I could get to the top of that tree, but I don't have the energy. The bull paused before suggesting, suggesting you should snack on my droppings. They are chock full of nutrients. The turkey started to feast on the droppings. Much to his surprise, he had enough energy to reach the lowest branch of the tree. Seeing how well it worked the first time, the next day the turkey ate more uh, and managed to reach the second branch. By the time the fourth day rolled around, the turkey had made it to the top of the tree. Unfortunately for the proud turkey, a local farmer spotted him atop the tree. The farmer shot the turkey out of the tree. And on an unrelated note, the farmer and his family had a lovely turkey casserole later that night. So what is the moral of the story? Bullshit may get you to the top, but it sure as hell won't keep you there. <laughs> that, that is... Uh... Fantastic. I um, I was not ready. I have not actually. I have not heard that story myself. So I always love when you bring. Uh, it, it goes back to again my echo chamber within an echo chamber. Um, one of the things I appreciate about you is you do have similar, but such a different or varied experience than mine that uh, you bring so much interesting uh, new uh, perspective, <laughs> stuff that that complements uh, or 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 contends with my own thought process it right. makes me think further right it, it, it encourages growth and so you know a story like that it's one that i've not exactly been exposed to um i get the concept it's right? a great concept it's a great concept and and uh and it's funny right tongue-in-cheek yep. as well 
And, uh, you know, there is, uh, there is a conversation about how <laughs> there's a couple things we could, we could read in and, and overanalyze on that. Oh yeah. You know, oh, yeah. um, the idea of the echo chamber in the sense that the, the turkey and the cow just regurgitating information to each other, yep. you know, um, and get you to the top, but it doesn't actually make you make that information authentic. It doesn't right. actually make that experience relative to everyone else. Right. Right. It can get you in trouble. Oh, yeah. And I think that that is um, my own frustration with a lot of businesses that have a lot of cash for whatever reason. Right. An inheritance. Uh, somebody else has worked really hard and you got your money, you know, fast and free. Angel investors. Angel investors. Um, something to that effect. And you get, hey, I've got this great idea. And you, you go to your buddy or the angel investor, or the inheritance or whatever. And they're like, yeah, I think that is a good idea. And they start a business. Yep. Um, that doesn't mean you actually have a good quality product, that you're actually good at, at, at your business, um, that you have a diverse reach in the, in the product that you're offering. Right. And, and just because you look shiny and, and it looks good or feels good in the moment doesn't actually make it a successful business. Right. And I think that's valuable for people who are listening in. That might be you right now. You might be looking at somebody else in your market going, man, I wish I could be them. Uh, you might just be the turkey or you might be the cow. Yeah. Uh, but at some point in time, uh, eventually you'll get shot by the farmer. Yep. Uh, and and that is a great lesson uh, for the echo chambers. I, I love it. Um, we're going to go ahead and transition to our quote of the week. And this is my world now. So if you want something you have never had, you must be willing to do something you have never done. One of my most favorite quotes. And that's Thomas Jefferson. Yeah. Yeah. Abs uh, I just, what a fantastic, absolutely fantastic uh, quote. And um, there's so many iterations of this. Um, you know, you have to, uh, you know, there's a, a concept within, again, cliche con uh, conversation within startup businesses that, um, if you want to live like no one else, you have to live like no one else. Yep. Right. Um, and there's a, again, further iterations of that, but that is, that is so true. And, um, and I just, it is a mantra. It's one of the, I would say one of the top five to seven mantras that I have at times at my, my darkest despair moments where I'm like, man, I don't know if I could keep going on with this, this business startup stuff. Um, and uh, I've had to repeat to myself, I'll, I'll read it again for our listeners. If you want something you have never had, you must be willing to do something you have never done. You have to break that echo chamber. Yep. You have to expand your interest. Yep. You have to humble yourself because maybe it doesn't feel good or sound good to what you were originally thinking. And, and now expose yourself to some, some new thoughts, some, some new actions. And, and, and to an earlier thought of the show, you have to go to that edge of discomfort. Sure. Yep. Uh, you have to get out of that comfort zone. Yep. Uh, without a question. I love it. Great quote, as usual. Uh, I always enjoy our conversations. And uh, like I said, I think we could talk more about echo chambers or the concepts thereof, and, and we'll probably circle back around to that. Uh, folks, I hope you are enjoying these. If there's information in here that you found valuable or you would like to expand upon or you have a contrasting opinion, we want to hear it. You can contact us directly on our text only number 440 855 
440-855-2100. Again, that's 440-855-2100. Or you can email the producer, Jeff C at sfj4x4.com. Again, J-E-F-F, the letter C, all one word, all lowercase, at sfj, the number four, x, the number four, dot com. We do genuinely want your feedback. We're really interested in that. And we want you to be an important part of this conversation with us when we discuss the fact that you too can succeed with enough determination and the right people around you, the American dream is not dead with a little bit of hustle. All right. I don't remember how we were The American dream is not dead. We want to help you along the way. With over 40 years of combined leadership experience, we want to help you succeed. Share your stories, ask us questions, and believe in the American dream. Through heart and hustle, we will show you the path of success and hopefully have a little fun along the way. You can email us at jeffc at sfj4x4.com or text us at 440-855-2100. Until next time, lead with your heart and keep hustling.